0: Hello, and welcome back to the Obsessed Podcast. I'm your tour guide, Seth Colton. To my left is my dignity. To my right is my enthusiasm. Keep looking right. Anyway, I'm so excited to interview my dear friend, Elizabeth Francis, series regular on the AMC limited series, The Sun, starring Pierce Brosnan. The Sun just began airing its second and final season in this limited series, You should definitely catch up and then keep up with the show. It is that good. As an aside, Elizabeth and her husband Sigmund are two of my closest friends here in Los Angeles. They make me feel like I have a family and a place to go when I'm lonely. And when you're an artist, that means more than words can say. Obviously, you can catch Elizabeth on The Sun, but you can catch her husband Sigmund On the Obsessed web series, the comedy video series that goes along with this podcast, by going to www.obsessed.net or obsessed.com, whichever dot you prefer. Sigmund plays the alpha male roommate Pete. He is very good. One of the reasons I'm so excited to introduce you to Elizabeth, not only is she very talented, but her actor's journey is fascinating. And she's so open about it. So, we're gonna dive into her audition for The Sun, her test, moving to Austin, and working with the cast. Then, we're gonna get into a bunch of other stuff. But first, let's talk The Sun. My dude, Elizabeth Francis. Welcome back to the podcast.
1: I'm so excited to be here. For everybody
0: listening, I say welcome back because Elizabeth has been on before. She helped me co-host an episode with casting director...
1: Phyllis Sharinga. Phyllis
0: Sharinga. Let me do a quick update before we move on. Phyllis invited us to go see a play at the Geffen and Elizabeth challenged me to go because I rarely go to live theater and I want to. And it was amazing.
1: Oh, it was, and it was your, your first one man show it was as well, right? My first one man
0: show, and the guy was great.
1: Oh, so good.
0: Speaking of shows, my dear friend Elizabeth, your show The Sun on AMC mm-hmm. has just come out for its second season.
1: It has indeed. A,
0: your character on The Sun is called Prairie Flower. Prairie Flower, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about Prairie Flower?
1: Um, Prairie Flower is a co- young Comanche woman, and now we're in. It was 1849 when the show started, and now we're in 1851, 52, and uh, she is very headstrong. Um, very, I mean, she's tough. Uh, but I think this season, what's really nice is you see a lot of the vulnerability of, of. I mean, we talk a lot today about what it is to be a woman, and um, imagine what was it to be a woman uh, in turn of the century Texas well, then and yeah. to try to hold on to independence, femininity, vulnerability um, while trying to just friggin survive. I,
0: can't, I can only imagine. Yeah. But I learned that by watching your show. <laughs> and I can't wait to um, finish out this season. I hear there is at least one episode that is very prairie flower heavy. Yes. Okay. And... Um, are you allowed to tell me which episode that is or um, should I just wait for the build? It's a,
1: it's a good, it's like a good steady build, but I'd say the big, like, um, what is it? Denouement. I'm <laughs> so fancy. I don't know what that means. I, like Day the in the big, sun? The big crescendo. Oh, okay. Is episode eight.
0: Episode eight.
1: two episodes before the finale, the series finale.
0: Amazing. Because it's um, a limited series. Correct. Correct. Now. I think your actor's journey for this show is fantastic. Can we go to the beginning? Yeah. I would love to discuss your audition.
1: <laughs> for so sure. Y- you
0: auditioned with Bialy Thomas Casting. I did. Tell me about that.
1: Um, it was, they were wonderful. It was my first time, actually it's great to talk about this on your podcast because you've had so many casting directors on. So I this love is me some casting directors. So great. So um, it was my first time in um, to that office and uh, the first audition I met Russell. Um, I had received the sides the day before, you know, great, excited to prepare. Um,
0: Don't move too fast. Oh, you Because bet. the sides <laughs> said translate, I believe, into Spanish.
1: No, actually the appointment came in and it said nothing of languages and upon reading the sides first I read it and I w- the first read through just purely for story. And I was like, this is really well written. I'm so excited to do this. It was all in English. And then upon second read, I realized that in the action lines, there were things that said young Eli and prairie flowers speak to each other in Spanish. It is their only common language or another than another scene that specifically said it was in Comanche. Um, So after that second read, I went from, oh my gosh, this material is amazing, to, oh my God, I have to prepare this by 10 a.m. tomorrow and I need to learn two other languages. Wow. (laughs) I
0: I can't even imagine how daunting. That's one of those times I would call my agent and freak out and say, postpone, (laughs) postpone. But you, because you are a much better actor than I am, you were like, I'm taking this head on.
1: Yeah. I just, um, you know, I I think especially... um, you know, and I and I I don't know all, but I think in a lot of specifically like culturally ethnic roles, um, definitely in the native community, definitely I've seen it happen in the Asian community, in the Latino community, um, uh, anyone who's you know Middle Eastern, South Asian. There's a lot of times as an actor, you're asked to come in and quote speak your language, and you're like, my language, I'm a I was born here, my language is English. Yeah. Um, and so. I wasn't, it wasn't strange to have that, you know, to be called upon for that, but usually it does say it, but there were no translations, no nothing. So in my mind, I just went, you know what? Okay. I have to prepare this. I made some phone calls. I found a friend um, who my friend Victor translated into Spanish for me, recorded himself and wrote it. And I was like, I'm just going to memorize it and learn it phonetically. And then... The tricky part was was finding um, someone who spoke the Comanche
0: language. Yes, um,
1: I called all of my friends in the Native community here in Los Angeles, and because you were a
0: part of the Native community. Correct. You are multi-ethnic correct you've got a, a number of ethnicities in you native is one of them I don't want the listeners to think that oh you're just you're just faking it <laughs> right right yeah. correct
1: so so no one that I knew in my reach um, had someone available in <laughs> 24 hours or 12 hours to to translate and so um, it became very nerve-wracking um, and also you know we should talk about the history of native language later and explain why that's so difficult but um i happened to be doing a play at the fountain theater here in los angeles it was a two-hander in the round and at the end of it uh the character um was mojave and so she uh we had a woman who had translated a song so she was my last phone call and I remembered that she she was non-native and I remembered she'd studied native linguistics at Berkeley. So I was very lucky. And I said, can you help me translate any of this even roughly um, by tonight so that after the show was done at about 1130 at night, I could actually memorize all of this for 10 a.m. the next morning.
0: Did you get any sleep?
1: Um, Actually, my brain sort of worked like a sponge, I think because I hear language like I hear music. And so, um, the next day I went in, uh, and Russell, who was so kind, he said, you know, what, uh, so what, um, you know, what sides, what sides did we give you again? And I said, oh, you gave me the one in uh, Spanish, the one in Comanche and then the other one in Spanish. And he stopped for a second. And he went, wait a second. Or right, so you're going to do them in the language. And then I thought, oh, can I, I don't want to say shit. I was like, oh shit, I've totally missed. I, have, I prepped this completely wrong. Yeah. And he was like, no, 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 that's great, that's great. So we, I ended up doing all three sides in all three languages, English as well. Uh, and then that is how it continued and eventually um, that's how I tested.
0: So let me stop for a second and make a correction. I said Bialy Thomas, it's actually Bialy Thomas and Associates and the reason yeah. is because Russell is a casting director on that. They have a few people who work in the office who are casting directors in their offices. And I I understand they were um, pretty taken aback when you did all three languages and called in some other people to see you do it.
1: Uh, Yes, yeah. On the second, um, on the... um the callback uh, that's when I got to meet um, Sharon who was wonderful and uh, uh, Kevin Murphy our showrunner was in the room and right before we started Sharon said well we're actually going to do them in the languages and we had started a few lines in and then Kevin Murphy was like I'm so sorry can I stop you I thought oh what have I done and he's like I'll just be right back and he ran to the other room And got Philip Meyer, um, the uh, uh, creator, executive producer, and also um, who wrote the novel, and brought him in. And suddenly, like an audition experience really became, you know, like it feels when you're working. It just felt collaborative. It just felt like I was there with two writers who were so excited that what they had written on the page was actually possible.
0: That's so amazing. (laughs) I want to hear when that flipped in your mind from, oh, Lord, I got this wrong to oh wow i got this right so is it between the first audition and the callback or was it at the callback when you saw kevin murphy run to get philip that you were like that they're feeling this
1: i think it was definitely at the first audition because uh because um in the room russell let me know like hey we're gonna you know send these out but we're gonna call you back so i knew i'd done something right Mm -hmm. um I definitely, my brain was full of lots of words and lots of languages. So it was almost like there's no space to be, for it to be nerve wracking because I just had to focus so much on, on living in the moment while speaking these languages that I do not speak. Uh,
0: So, yeah. And then you found out that you got the test and had you tested for a pilot before?
1: Um, You know what? I had been... Up for pilots before and but I hadn't network. I hadn't network tested before, so that was my first like like sign the contract, go in the room, all that kind of deal.
0: Can we talk about that experience a little bit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Where was so your? Maybe test? I'm
1: lying. I did test before. You think so? Well, I don't think yes, you're lying. Sorry, you, yeah, you forgot. <laughs> I'm, no, I just lie on your podcast. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, for those of you who don't know, Elizabeth and her husband are two of my very best friends in life, and I'm just so excited by her journey in fact I think you might have moved in with me when yeah. you got the pilot yes. and then you're like I'm moving out um, but I'm in official interview mode right now because <laughs> I really want to get this across this journey I think it's so good For sure. I hope to emulate it I think many of our listeners hope to emulate it Absolutely. and um, some of the people who are already series regular who listen to this can certainly identify or compare Oh, oh totally. so where was your test located?
1: Um, In Los Angeles. So it was at uh, AMC's, um, I guess you could call it headquarters in Santa Monica.
0: And how were your nerves?
1: You know, honestly, I think, and again, I think because it speaks to the material, I don't know if you feel like this, but I think when it gets to that point, I just try to remind myself that like, you know, I think there's like a tape of like Brian Cranston had said, this is my only job is to do my job Mm -hmm. and my only job is to be... Um, be her and so you know I was sitting actually I was sitting in the waiting room you know they come out uh, and they give you for anyone who hasn't been through a testing experience um, uh, they come out and they give you your you know stack of papers of a contract and everything that's been pre-negotiated and so your agents and managers have talked to you about everything and you sign it and they've signed it and that all happens before you go in the room Um, also, uh, the other actors who are testing are there, um, you know, unless they're testing remotely from living somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, there were other characters testing too. So I actually was sitting next to my, my friend now, uh, James Parks, who's also on the show. And we kind of shot the shit for a little bit waiting because it was like, well, we've got some
0: time. Because by this time, you've had the material long enough. You know you're not going to mm-hmm. go up on a line. You know what you're saying. So, right. Because sometimes when you go to auditions, you don't, even though you want to talk to someone, you don't because you, you're focused on memorizing still.
1: Yeah. 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 And I think that, um, I think there was, I remember seeing like, you know, other other gals there for the same role. And it was like oh so these are we are all very different takes of this character someone came in and i i was dressed my my take on her was i was like this is 1849 this is she is rustic she is trying to survive like beauty is not a thing mm-hmm. that it, that to me as an actor at that moment was anything in the realm of what i considered important to the character and so i came in with like I think maybe I had some powder on my face, you know, my hair was combed and like, uh, you know, jeans and a, you know, just a really simple kind of like rustic top. Mm-hmm. And then there was another girl that was very, looked very ethereal and very, and I was like, oh, we are two very different options
0: right. T- two for very this different role, takes.
1: which are out of my yeah. control. Totally. And so you just like hey, if I got to do this part, this is my this is my way into her. And right. I think that's important.
0: I think especially for you because you always root for everybody. Yeah, so I really do. <laughs> where some people might have said, oh, this is my competition for the role. I know you were rooting for the other girls just as much 100%. as for yourself. And what you said makes perfect sense because – each one of you would have brought something different. So it was a matter of what was yeah. going to fit with the producers.
1: It's a, it's a, it's a, f- f- like a, you know, battle of the flavors, I guess. It's, and it's also, I think as as, which is really the, you know, where the casting directors come in and the producers and the writers is, is, you know, now that I'm, I've been creating my own work, it's really something to, I, I think I hope for actors to understand and kind of like, you know, give themselves a little like like release of weight of the burden that they're looking for something to, to fulfill this story in a way. And the truth is, as actors is we can guess and we can, and we can, all we can do is find our way in to do our work and we don't really know. And hopefully it's communicated, but sometimes, you know, probably like that second audition, like they didn't really know it was possible until, until you know, maybe so they it. met me and they saw it. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Do you
0: remember walking into the testing room? Can you sort of set it up for us? What it looked like? Was it a yeah. theater or was it an executive boardroom? Sure.
1: It was a. Um. No, it wasn't a theater executive boardroom. It was just a. It was a. A semi-large meeting room, um, probably the size of where we are sitting right now. This in my space. giant mansion. Exactly. <laughs> your giant. Oh, your giant mansion. <laughs> and then there were, um, uh, several people in chairs. Um, I had done, actually I had done a similar thing for HBO, I think the year before. And except that was in a very tiny room. <laughs> so two different scenarios. This was a bigger room with more people. Um, but there was a chair and just the camera on stilts, just like any other audition, Uh, and then um, I believe Russell was my reader. He's a good reader. He's such a good reader. I really like
0: Russell. I like everybody over there. I do too. Gohar, Sharon, and Sherry. Uh,
1: I haven't met Gohar or Sherry, but uh, Sharon and Russell are so lovely. And
0: they cast so many great shows. They're going to keep bringing you in. Um, I have a question about what we just discussed about those people being there. For a comedy series, oftentimes having an audience is really helpful. Because some people don't laugh unless they hear other people laughing and laughter is contagious. Right. For a dramatic piece, is it um, distracting to have a, an audience or does it help you as well?
1: Gosh, you know, it's almost, in a way, I find it, I, I this is sounds strange, maybe because I come from theater, I find that more people actually puts me at ease a little bit Um because it it almost is like the pressure of the situation makes me hyper focus Got it. when there's one person or two people or, you know
0: you could say, "Oh, can I start again?" you know something like or that.
1: or it um or it just kind of feels it just feels different. I don't know how to put yeah. it uh the energy I pick up a lot of on like energy um and I think there's something about going, okay now is I mean that's what you're gonna do on set too." Yeah. Is you're like oh there's two hundred people around and I have to have this very very intimate scene so so in a way it kind of feels more natural to to what it is to actually work and I think that's right. why I like it
0: that makes sense <laughs> yeah did you get paired up with different partners or were no. you just reading with Russell and then it was the next person's turn to yep. come
1: in just just reading with Russell just doing the same three scenes and um, that was it
0: and. When you walked out, did you feel pretty confident that this was your role? Or did you feel pretty confident that you did a good job and it's up to the universe?
1: Yes. I felt like I had done a good job and it is up to the universe.
0: And how long after that did you get the call that you booked it?
1: Oh, gosh. I want to say it... I want to say it was... Like, I think they have a, am I right? I forget. I think they have, there's a 10 day period, correct? Or I have no there's idea. a, I think after you sign a test agreement, there is a period of time in which they must tell you. Um, I, we were towards the later end of that, uh, length of time. Got it. So I was like, okay, we're just gonna chill and you try not to think about it yeah. and you just go, you know, you tuck it away and you go, all right. That was my three minutes of my performance of this character. And Mm -hmm. hopefully I get to do her again.
0: (laughs) And then you did. You did get the call. I did. You were just coming off a recurring guest arc on the show Love on Netflix. You had just gotten engaged. Yeah. And then you get the call that you got the job and you were going to be moving out of town.
1: Correct. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Where did you shoot? And how long did they give you to get out there to begin?
1: Um, well I found out several months before um the exact date of of excuse me, of um actually going to uh Texas. So we shot in 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 and outside of Austin. So we were in Austin, Texas. That's where we were based. Um and the local our local crew was amazing. Um just like good humans, just good, a set of here. fully set of good humans. Uh and um let's see. And so it was just sort of the waiting period in between knowing I had it, you know, and also, uh, what can I do to prepare in the meantime? Um, and also, you know, you get your, your things in order to be out of town for what, six months.
0: And part of my favorite thing about the actor's journey is this was the time you got to say goodbye to your day job and just be an actor. Yeah.
1: I actually, I got the call. Well, um, because I'd always been, you know, even when I was working before that, it had never been something big enough to, to go, okay, I can be a full-time actor. Uh, and so I was working a corporate job. Um, I was working, you know, 40 hours a week. I mean, really when I got this role, I was waking up at 5am, going to the gym, working a 50 hour work week, doing a two person play at night. And, um, and in between, you know, going on auditions. And I just was so fortunate that I happened to be at a company where they were supportive of me being an actor. They came to my show, you know. So when I got the call, that was probably the hardest part is when I got the call, I was I was, um, uh, about to head into a meeting. And I was at my desk, I think, you know, organizing some launch that we had. And I get the call and I know that it's the call one way or another. So I went in one of the office, the meeting rooms um, and closed the door. And I was, you know, they're all made of glass. (laughs) So when I found out, it wasn't like through the glass you saw this girl like jumping up and down and freaking out. It was actually like... I was really happy and I was also very like physically subdued. Yeah.
0: You had to keep it inside. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Because, you know, there were several months until I was going to, until I was going to leave and I, and I let them know and, and we, and they'd worked out and it was wonderful. But I, I guess I always thought that it would be a feeling that was like, yeah, like, you know, some kind of like exuberant, like that's how it always had played out in my head. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, is in the moment it was incredibly grounding. Wow! It felt like it felt natural. It felt it like be, yes, yeah. this is this is the right step, um, and that really surprised me.
0: So then you get to Austin, you found a place to stay, and you're about to meet your new family, your yeah. cast and your crew, and that's an actor's dream, right? <laughs> I was talking to somebody else in the podcast about how every actor is an outsider until somebody invites them to become part of the family. Absolutely. How did you first meet the people who are now part of your family and let's talk about your first dance set.
1: Yeah, um the first the way that we all met as a group together is we had all gotten to Austin separately. They just gave us a date and, you know, and you also find your own accommodations as a series regular. So you're given a stipend and, you know, live where you want and in what way you want. And uh, so we were all sort of separate. I think we'd picked up paperwork at the office and done some things and kind of, I don't know who I'd, if I'd seen anyone passing, I don't recall, but the first night that we all met, they'd taken us, uh, they closed down this place in Austin. Oh, I forget the name of it, but they do. It's kind of like a historic place for like line dancing. And so they were like, here's like our meet and greet. And so we had this, we all met one another um, at, doing this like line dancing.
0: How fun. Yeah. You know, I will say I had an ex-girlfriend who we used to go line dancing a lot only because I wanted to. <laughs> and there was something unifying about it. Everybody doing the same step at the same time. It's kind of, if you haven't done it out there, guys, you should try it because it is this is going to sound weird. It's a bit, it was for me a bit of a spiritual experience that everyone did the same thing, had the same thought like, what do I do next? Yep. It, it, it was unifying. It's so really cool.
1: Yeah. We learned that in, a, in like a Texas two step. So we partnered up as well. And, um I that, love
0: these people who are com- coming up with this for I know you, for it was really yeah. it was really
1: a great way to like I, I have a feeling that was that was uh, a mix of probably Philip Meyer and Kevin Murphy going like this is the way to do it.
0: So smart. Speaking of Philip Meyer who wrote the book The Sun, the yes. novel. Had you read The Sun before you stepped into Prairie Flowers clothing?
1: Y- yes. Yeah. So by the time as soon as I knew I got the role um I got the book and I I just devoured it i was like let me look through this entire thing and actually to be perfectly honest in the book she's um she's a very important character but she's in it very little mm-hmm. uh so they really have taken this character um and expanded upon it
0: great yeah and pierce brosnan is sort of the star of the sun yes yeah He's, it's based on his character absolutely and I don't think this is a spoiler because you guys should know this about the sun. It takes place in different timelines. Yeah. Um, so Pierce's timeline is a different timeline than yours. Yes, it's you like play the
1: early, uh, oh, early 1900s. I think yes. 1915.
0: You play opposite Pierce's character, yes. but not Pierce because this is correct. Pierce's character is much younger. Yeah. Have you? You probably haven't had a chance to shoot with Pierce, but did you have a, how do you have a chance to have a relationship with him if the two of you are not working in the same scenes?
1: Oh, sure. Actually, most of the cast I don't shoot with. Like everybody, um, you know, my dear friends, I mean, David Wilson Barnes, Jess Weixler, Pella Nunez, like all of you know, all of the, the 1900s cast, I don't shoot with any of them. Mm. Um, and so uh, that includes Pierce. So really it's me, Zahn, McLarenan, and Jacob Laughlin. Uh, and then in this uh, mid through first and into second season, um, she's a series regular as well, Catherine Prescott. And we all hung out. I mean, we we had the table reads together. We met each other. Okay. And I think because we all were away from home, we became this like this family, we all hung out a lot. I mean, we, especially this second season, we were coming back. And by then, I mean, they were at my wedding, you know, there were, by the time we came back for the second season, uh, I think, um, Jess and I actually had decided to, to just get a place together. We were like the two married ladies. So we're (laughs) like, let's just have fun. And it became, you know, the place where people came and hung out and, uh, when you're not working, uh, and because it's such a big cast, it wasn't the kind of situation where – and there's different timelines where everyone was working every day. Um, it was definitely in in chunks.
0: What did you do in your time off while you were still living in Austin if you didn't have to go to do a scene – or if, I should say if you didn't get to go do a scene that day because still yeah. it, it sounds so amazing <laughs> – now you're living there. What are right. the type of things that a series regular does when they're not shooting and they're not? Oh at man!
1: Home? Uh, I mean, besides besides like kind of working on on some of the things that I'm even creating now, um, like reading voraciously, um, um, you know, enjoying Austin. I mean, a lot of the outdoors, um, hanging out a lot with the cast, working out. Uh, uh, sometimes when I would have longer stretches, that's when I would get to come home and to LA or when, when my husband Sig would visit me and um, yeah. And making the most of that time. And actually the second season was a little bit different. Um, I was fortunate. um, I knew that I wanted, I was like, this is an opportunity to learn. And I was fortunate that my executive producer, Julia Ruckman, I asked her, can I shadow you and learn from you? So a lot of the times when I wasn't working, I was actually on set and frankly, learning from, watching my fellow actors. I
0: think that is brilliant. Also yeah. because we know each other so well. I know that you are now creating projects and you're gonna be pitching projects. Yeah. So I feel like you use that time really wisely.
1: It's it was like my I mean I wouldn't even say free film school. It's like it's like paid film school because I'm getting paid to be an actor but
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but also I mean I mean if you think about it, I'm surrounded by this amazing cast of like and it was Actors, like actors to the core, yeah. like everyone who is there is very much about the work, and so to get to go, it, we, we a lot of times we would all actually go support each other, you know, on set. I don't think that's typical, but you know, I would get to go see, you know, Pierce and James have a scene together and how they worked through it and what their process was, or to go see, you know, Jess or Paolo or or how Jess would prepare and. Um, or David Wilson Barnes and his approach, and everyone's was so different. And also to get to see these directors come in and speak to each of us so differently um, because we're all different people with different processes.
0: Absolutely. So
1: that was really cool.
0: And now that, although we're just watching it now, but yeah. now that you have wrapped the series finale because it was a two-season yes. limited series. Exactly, exactly. Do you keep in touch with uh, people from your cast and crew?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. We're we're still like I think forever. I think that was the biggest, um, you know, the the saddest part of of uh, the show ending is um, I think Cat had said it. She said uh, she said, um, um, you know, I really love this 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 work and this show, and she was like, but um. I'm really gonna miss these people. Like everyone's so lovely, and I was like, "Yeah, they really, really are."
0: Uh, is Cat from the UK?
1: No, I you know what she is, but I wish I should just say she's not and be like, "No, I just give her that accent." Yeah, I was gonna like- be like, "Whoa, <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's so funny." Um, I sometimes I say this, and I know it's not one thousand percent true, but with you, it is. Everybody <laughs> likes you. <laughs> I mean I have heard stories not only from you know my friends how much they like you but that on set you are the person everybody talks to and opens up to so I would I think you are the right person to give advice to actors who are co-stars or guest stars about sure. what it's like to come onto a set where they are a guest in someone's house like it was your house on the right. sun and how to maneuver appropriately
1: yeah I think I think you um you know and I can say this too of of the other things that I've worked on I think coming in as a guest you feel it out I mean you come in it's it's almost like like a great way for you to put it is you're walking into someone else's home and so the way that you would walk into a new person's home, you you look and do they take off their shoes? Mm -hmm. How do they like to keep things in their home? Uh, And start there and then, you know, be yourself. But, uh, but at the end of the day too, you are there to, you, you are there to do your job. And if you're, which I actually think it's more sets than not, if you're fortunate, um, most people, I mean, especially um, I can say this of, of, Uh, You know, when I was guesting on Love, I mean, it was such an amazing cast. They were so friendly, so cool, so kind, so down to earth. Um, I have a feeling that's probably how all, like, Judd Apatow, you know, shepherded sets are. When I worked on uh, the show Heartbeat...
0: Which um, you were a co-star.
1: Which I was a co-star, and I got to work opposite D.L. Hughley and Melissa George, that was also another scenario where, you know... DL was like, "Hey, sit down," and we chatted, and, and Melissa was was incredibly professional and incredibly like complimentary and lovely, and uh, it. I've just been fortunate to be on really good sets, um, in the indie world as well, and the and the indie world, I'd say that's even more more where you're like, I really hope this is a good set because you're doing it for little to no money, and sometimes the circumstances. Uh, can be physically grueling. Mm-hmm. Um, You're talking
0: about independent films. Independent because films. Because although, you guys, listen to this rise in television, which is sort of unheard of. Elizabeth was doing a ton of theater, and she's the independent queen, independent film queen, and she can <laughs> get into characters. she can do everything believably, she can sing, she's fantastic, but had a really hard time getting into television. Yeah. And then, one day you booked your first co-star. It was on Heartbeat. Yeah. And a couple weeks later, you burst, booked your first guest star, which was- a
1: yeah, recurring guest star. Love.
0: I don't think you knew it was recurring at the time,
1: though. No. Once I was there, then they asked me to be Got it. to come back. Which and is, actually, I booked the sun, so we couldn't keep coming
0: back. Right. So this is one. <laughs> did you guys just hear that? She did a co-star, then a guest star, which recurred, and then a series regular. Like- within a couple months of each other
1: it was in the first three months of of the same year
0: how am, that's amazing
1: and i truly thought i asked myself i'm like am i doing something different am i being different and it's just that the opportunities were the right ones mm-hmm. and fantastic.
0: that's it and your attitude was right because what yeah. we, we also didn't mention in your indie film world um you did a film called drunk Town's finest which took you to Sundance.
1: Yeah, and that was I mean phenomenal and
0: so sometimes when you say yes to a project, even though it's for little money, but if it's something you believe in, you don't know where it could end up.
1: I think I'm just a believer that like good work begets work. And whatever that means for you, you know, for me it means something, you know, specific and um and even maybe what it would have meant three years ago means Mm -hmm. something different now. I think there's, you know, there's like buckets of things as artists that we need. And there's like a finance bucket, which is like, please, please figure out how to support yourself regardless of whether the industry gives you a job or not. Yeah. It's really important. You know, I mentor young kids and I'm like, um, I work a lot with, with kids and youth and also go back to like, you know, CalArts where I'm an alumni and I'm always like, you don't, this, this industry or this it's a machine. And if you're waiting for it to answer like life questions for you, all it will do is actually like you are like, no matter what's happening, like the only constant is you. So if you're unhappy or not confident or, or, you know, whatever, whatever is on your plate before you get the thing, yes, money solves some things, But actually it can also exploit some things, you know, money can, if you're not confident and then suddenly, and you don't feel you deserve things and suddenly you get a bunch of money, like doesn't mean that you're still, now you're going to have a bunch of money and still feel like you don't deserve things. And how is that going to come out? So I think however you can, like make sure you have a way to take care of yourself. Um, you know, we hear these like amazing stories of like the seventies and, you know, doesn't They all lived in like a building together. Right. They're poor and, you know, and I've been there too, but also, you know, it's changed so much. Um, it's, it's what, so what, you know, what are the jobs that, that do what you need them to do for your bank account that don't cross the, whatever moral boundaries you have. Mm-hmm. And then what are the jobs that, just fill you as an artist and I think it's important for actors to know like it isn't often that both of those buckets are filled like just because you get a job doesn't mean you're going to be artistically fulfilled Mm -hmm. and just because you get something that is artistically fulfilling doesn't mean that you're going to pay all your bills with it Mm -hmm. and occasionally there's crossover and you feel and you get both and those are like magical times but you got to define those things for yourself.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's the, um, the thing we're all reaching for. That's the brass ring that every actor wants to strive for something that is financially and spiritual, spiritually fulfilling. But in the meantime right now, I say pay your rent.
1: Pay. Yeah. In the meantime, like pay your, pay your rent. And there's, and, and I think that that's, you know, the, there were a lot of years where I wasn't paying my rent as an actor. And, um, And in a way, there's really a blessing there because I realized like, wow, all of the skills that I use as a storyteller are actually valuable in other places, in other spheres. So it helped me realize my own value as a person and practice them in different scenarios, Um, whether it was, you know, I worked as a personal trainer. I shoot. I waitress like everybody else at one point. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I, you know, I was a director of marketing. And the the thing again, the constant is you is explaining to someone as a trainer how to move their body was a way for me to translate and storytell or marketing and advertising, I was like, oh, this is just storytelling in a different medium. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes actors are like, what can I do? All I can do is like drive for Lyft and Uber or, or, you know, waitress. And like, those are awesome, valuable things. And, but also you have so many options if you just like, like expand your mind. And as long as you're determined to make it work, you know, you can make it work. Um,
0: That's so smart, Liz. Yeah, You're such I, a good heart.
1: It's a, I want people to be happy. <laughs> I like to shut the
0: doors in people's faces. Um, I would like to bring you back to Austin. I mean, there's so yes. much for us to talk about. I know. A,
1: and you can pick and choose what. <laughs> I need
0: to know that you will be willing to do a second interview because- Oh, for sure. I want to talk about ethnicity in the industry. I want to talk about staying focused. I want to talk about financial independence. Totally. I want to talk about maintaining a relationship. So I'd like to tackle that if you're willing to come back. Oh my gosh, for sure. Okay, great. So right now I'd like to go back to Austin. Cool. I'm sure a lot of the co-stars and a lot of the background actors were local. Yes. From Austin. Uh,
1: Local and a lot on our set were actually um, transported from Oklahoma, from Comanche Nation.
0: Oh, wow. And- did they come in per episode or did they live in the area while you guys were filming? It was per,
1: are... um, per chunk of episodes. So okay. because we didn't always spend like weeks on end in, in our timeline, mm-hmm. it would be for the set of days that we, needed, uh, that we needed those extras.
0: And let's talk about the local co-stars. Yeah. Did you find that there was a difference when working with actors from Los Angeles versus Texas? Or did you feel like that they were just as committed, just as well-trained?
1: Yeah, I actually, I will say that I didn't find a difference. Um, the, at least not, uh, again, I only worked with, on our timeline, um, with a few people. Um, I would say that that there is more of a savviness to, maybe savviness isn't the word, Um but to the actors that would come in from LA or New York, like there was just a focus seasoned. On the, the that's a the better. The
0: business and the career of acting. Right. right. That
1: there was a there was a seasoned feeling um, um, to that. But also, uh, you know, where I was working with a lot of um, native performers, so they were coming in from, I mean, everywhere. <laughs> Not even just locally.
0: Yeah. And as far as the background actors go, did you build the same camaraderie with them that you did the other series regulars cuz these are people who are in all of your scenes?
1: Right. Yeah, we we um because we would have chunks of time with the same people, it was the same I mean it was the same as I guess you know, I know not everybody's like this. I'm just like you know, my dad always said, hey, at the end of the day, even the queen sits down to take a shit. <laughs> we're all the same. And so we're all people. We all want to be fulfilled and feel valued and feel recognized. So, you know, on that set, I was very fortunate to be in a position as a series regular, especially with the people coming in from Oklahoma who'd never even been on a television mm-hmm. set before and to get to be that friendly face that's asking, so how did the test go at school the last time you oh, left? Right. And you know, we had a lot of kids and, yeah. and to make them feel like you are a valued part of this. We couldn't do this without you.
0: See, I knew you would do that. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think that's so important. I do believe the series regulars set the tone. hundred percent. And I mean, you are playing a very powerful Comanche woman and you're, the people who are coming in from Oklahoma are actually Comanches. And I'm sure they had the opportunity to teach you a lot.
1: (laughs) Definitely. Sometimes I'd ask them, I just ask them questions. Sometimes I would say there were a couple, uh, a couple um, um, younger people. I wouldn't say kids, but they were like, you know, younger people that were there that um, had learned the language from, you know, grown up with it. And there are very few speakers. So there were times when translations would come in that we were like, is that the word? And I'd go, let me ask you how would you say this and sometimes their translations would be much more colloquial than than you know what sort of the um I don't want to say some of the translations that we had a lot of times when when you're writing something in English and I found this even on this was even with the Spanish is sometimes things are then instead of the intention and another way to say that as you would in a language things are translated word for word which is very different it's as if someone's taking every word that I'm saying right now in English and then finding every Spanish or Comanche or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, language it is. Right. Like word for word where maybe, you know, where I'd say, hello, how are you? That someone would say, what's up? It's ca- kind of like that, I yeah. guess is the good way to put it. Totally. So they were really helpful for that. And I mean, and they're there. Uh, I think it's good for people to remember too is crew. Our crew, um, you know, uh, our extras, like they're there for long, long days and long, long stints of time, and often they're there just as long. If not, the crew's always there longer than you, they've been there before yeah. you and they're there after you. Um, and the extras, a lot of times, too, because you might be like, My scene and coverage is done, and I get to go chill. You know, I have the opportunity to chill in a trailer or in a, a tent and people mm-hmm. bring things to you. <laughs> and I think it's just important to remember that like, you know, do what you need for your uh, for yourself and your performance to do your job well. But also there are sometimes I'd be done I'd just stay and hang out and chat with them um, because I wanted to know That's who they we're,
0: were. If we have any fans of The Sun listening <laughs> to the podcast because yeah. just because they love The Sun or fans of... Prairie Flower, is there any insider or behind-the-scenes tidbits Ooh. that uh, we could learn, like maybe about the setup or what the stage looked like or what Pierce Brosnan is like in the morning?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, uh, well, well, I mean, I guess that's the beauty of of television is unlike theater, I'm being driven to set in a van and when I get out to go film my scene, I'm literally... By a river, there are um, um, sets of of teepees that are made that our Comanche consultant has consulted on and said, "Yes, that's what it looked like." And you know, having you know, uh, music sang by a known Comanche singer coming in—that's in episode eight. I won't spoil. Spoiler alert! It's beautiful. Um, I wish I could tell you it about episode eight because you there... You can't. You can't. I know. We are going there to watch a, episode eight. Uh, there was a night where listening to this woman sing, I was so... It was very like, I was spiritual. That's the only way I can can say it. Um, But, and everyone was quiet. Uh, But, you know, I guess the behind the scenes is you're like, you get there and you're like, I don't have to pretend. Everything's...
0: Right. Oh, true. Yeah. I'll tell you about it's a immersive. moment though.
1: My My... One of my first days back on season two, uh, there was, in the first episode, um, All I real- I didn't really have that many scenes in the first episode. So in the first episode, it's we've come back in from where we left off in season one, and Eli's coming back to camp. This isn't a spoiler. And Eli the, is the uh, character
0: that you play opposite, and correct. it's the young Pierce Brosnan yes. is the adult Eli. He's my lover. He's your lover. And, uh, Don't tell sick men. <laughs> I know,
1: new. No? And so he uh, comes back to camp looking for me and it was this kind of like, it's a short scene, but it's a, you know, those scenes that you get that you're like, this is short, but this is, this is the reintroduction back into the world and what's happened mm-hmm. and it's devastating. And he comes in and the camp has been devastated. I mean, hundreds of bodies Our our whole, our 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 whole camp has been decimated by Apaches. And, you know, the, uh, everybody's different. I have to prep to, to be, you know, vulnerable. That's just the truth of my process. And so I was sitting there and, you know, you kind of go, okay, I don't know how long I'm going to wait. I'm just going to be available. And this is where, you know, I think bonding with our extras, um, was really helpful as, Mm -hmm. and talk about not imagining is I was like, okay. And I was about to shoot. So they walk all the extras in and I see a line of, and I want to get emotional now, I see a line of my people all with, um, they have prosthetics on their head that they've been scalped. So all with like blood on them, all with, you see these removed. Mm-hmm. And they're just walking in like, yeah. okay, job, you know, working in. But seeing that, it was like, I don't have to imagine this. Yeah. It just triggered everything that I had prepared. Um and wow, uh it's powerful, you know, and you you I think being open and being available allows those moments that surprise you for sure
0: I bet Elizabeth, mm. I cannot <laughs> wait to go through um season two, in fact, I'll probably be doing it at your house with your <gasps> husband. Do you watch yourself
1: um i yeah, I mean, I mean, I do. I don't overwatch myself. I want to, I think that there's been enough, you know, once I've like, you know, I've wrapped and I kind of took, actually took a little while because it was a big season for me to like shed her, mm-hmm. um, that now I'm excited to watch it just as like a show. <laughs> I'm excited to okay. watch it and go, there's a part of you that's like, oh, it's my face. or I think it's never will feel Yeah. perfect, but I just... You know, I just uh, try to enjoy it as much as possible as an audience member. You know,
0: I met a lot of your cast at your engagement party. You brought me to the season one premiere party. Yeah. And, and David, the wedding. And the wedding. David spent the night here on the couch one yeah. night. Such a cool dude. Oh, he's the I, I feel him. like I'm slightly <laughs> related to them through you. And I'm a big supporter of this show. Now, just to prep for the next time you come on, yeah. which I'm hoping will be in a few weeks, <laughs> I would like to offer you guys listening to email me at obsessed with at gmail.com so remember it's not obsessed like you're obsessed <laughs> with the son and elizabeth francis it's obsessed Obfrancist? with elizabeth Fra- francis no i think we could ob- rename
1: the no i'm just kidding oh you're crazy lady <laughs>
0: um If you have any questions, because if Elizabeth was not an actor, I think she would be a motivational speaker. So (laughs) if there is something that you want to know about or a topic you think we should touch on, again, whether it's finances or marriage or keeping up friendships or keeping up spirit. I think we should be open to talking about it because yeah. you're so good, Elizabeth.
1: And actually, too, I'm in. I'll be speaking on a panel on the 18th called of May of May.
0: Isn't that my birthday party? Which is
1: which is why I'm doing it in the day. Happy okay. birthday okay. party! Is <laughs> it's, it's uh, called? Um, uh, I think it's called a Casting in Color Symposium. Where's that? Um, it's going to be in Riverside um they're doing a big event um and i'll be on a panel with heather ray who's an amazing just human being and producer and um stay hall Desai, uh who's the artistic director of east west players and we're going to be talking a lot about you know i think i'm assuming about a lot of these things
0: elizabeth thank you so much for thank coming you. i love you i love you <laughs> and there we have it another great episode Thanks to our guests for being so generous. Thanks to you for listening and being a part of this community. This has been brought to you by Obsessed.com. Please check it out for fun videos and updates. And don't forget to find something that you're obsessed with.